Welcome to another episode of the Military Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Big Chief. Thanks for joining me again for yet another discussion. Uh, If you support this channel, I would appreciate if you guys go out there and subscribe, follow the podcast, and tell your friends about it if you find value in the messages that we deliver each week. So this week, we are going to unwrap a message from one of our anonymous listeners. And they write, uh, childhood trauma affects my self-esteem and I feel high levels of anxiety, depression, and self-doubt when put in uncomfortable situations to a point where I have to actively tell myself not to avoid the situations just because they're uncomfortable. And so far I've been successful, but it seems like no matter how much success I achieve, I still doubt myself and feel like I'm not good enough to accomplish certain things. So first off, thank you for providing uh, this scenario and allowing me the opportunity to speak uh, to your situation. So I'm going to do my best to unpack each section of this. And I'm sure that there are other listeners out there that can resonate uh, with your circumstance. And I hope that Um, through this conversation that we find ways to address these uh, these concerns so let's start off by um, your how you view yourself in relations uh, to your childhood trauma so society um, shapes the way that we respond uh, to the world Um, when when you're born into the world there's a, a measurement for was perceived as successful, uh, was perceived as, um, you know, a, a disadvantage. And we tend to measure ourselves based off of where we come from and our past experiences. Uh, we measure ourselves uh, against future potential based on those past experiences. And for this type of conversation, I like to refer back to a book called The Four Agreements. Um, it was written uh, based off of knowledge from a, a tribe in in Mexico. It's an old tribe called the Toltec tribe, and the old wise ones from this tribe um, said they were said to have a, an ability to control their their reality, and it was always shrouded in in mysticism. And uh, one day, this this individual that came from that tribe. Uh, summed up some of the mindsets of these elders and packaged it in the book. And when you look at the four agreements, it's not anything magical. They're ideas that free people from the bondage of um, societal expectations and and the self-imposed limitations that come from inside of our heads. I'm going to unpack those four agreements in this conversation and I'm just going to highlight um, the subsections of each that relate to the circumstance but if you haven't listened to the uh, previous episode you know I discussed how we all have an inner voice and if you don't believe me um, I'll re- re- reiterate the exercise I put forward in the last episode um, if you were to take a piece of paper or just pull out your iPhone and write a word 
in there, just something that you would scream out loud like awesome. And if you were to read that word without actually using your mouth, just say it out loud, scream it inside your head. Most people, if I ask, when you read that word and you screamed it in your head, did you hear yourself say it? And most people will respond, yes. So the question is, if you were able to close your eyes and visualize a word and see it in your mind, if you're able to say a word without using your mouth and hear it, then what are we perceiving these sounds and images with if it's not our eyes and it's not our ears? So this is proof that there is communication that transcends our physical ability. And this is an important idea because I often talk about the law of attraction and how words are the the precursor for creation. They're, They're the things that happened before creation. Thoughts are things and words uh, verbalize the process of creation. So if you have an idea in in your mind and you tell yourself that a certain thing is true, you started the creation process. You started to, you started the, the, all the mechanics behind creation has started because of a negative thought. And that particular idea will come to fruition simply because of how you think. But how we think is a, it's a result of the society that we're in, the experiences that we've had, and the things that we've agreed to, we've signed up for involuntarily. The belief systems that we've signed up for involuntarily, the measurement of good enough, um, the measurement of acceptable are things that we sign up for at birth and we're indoctrinated to. And in, in the first one third of your life, you go through an indoctrination, a societal indoctrination. You're taught how to behave, how to think, what's right, what's wrong. The first one third of your life, you go through this indoctrination and then you live through it. And the second half, you teach it to your kids. And then by the time you get to the last third of your life, some people have those rele- uh, revelations that there was something wrong with the way they were thinking for the first two thirds of their life. That's what we're here to break down now. So in the four agreements, the first part of it talks about being being impeccable with your words. That's the first agreement. Um, we're gonna unpack just a few aspects of that idea. So the first one is to avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Uh, Also, say only what you mean. We're going to focus on those two areas. So a lot of times um, we we say things um, not because they're true. We say things out of emotion. Uh, We say things out of frustration and we say things based off of a belief that somebody else had about us that they successfully imparted into our minds and then convinced us to believe it. So we repeat it. If your parent tells you that she'll never be good enough and then you get to the point in your life where you say, I'll never be good enough because that's what I was always told. Well, you're not being impeccable with your words because words are the precursor for creation. You have to be mindful of what you say and the impact that those words have. Uh, I have a habit of um, when I'm upset and I'm frustrated, I tend to get quiet. 
And it's not necessarily a technique for conflict avoidance. It's a technique that I use so that way I can think about how I feel and exactly how I want to communicate those emotions. So for me, the best way to communicate is writing. And that's the best way I communicate. So in the four agreements, they have highlighted the fact that people often go through life telling themselves or other people things that are impactful. You may be the one that is acting on somebody else's um, life by using negative words. Uh, When you're going through anxiety and depression, that's usually a result of a conversation that you've had with yourself, a belief that you've reinforced with your internal voice. Um, That's the source usually of your anxiety or depression. It's because you believe certain things and you reinforce those beliefs in your mind and create a condition that may not necessarily be true. You most of the time we project, for example, if I get a haircut, I'll give you a more recent example. About three weeks ago, I got a haircut and the barber did a great job all the way up to the last two minutes of the haircut where he accidentally cut a big chunk of hair out of the front of my head and he starts to comb the hair over the ball spot and he tells me he's like oh, it's not that bad you have enough hair you can comb it over so I had an option um, and I reflected on my you know 39 year old self versus my 20 year old self my 20 year old self would have been super self-conscious because image is everything at that age I would have walked out the barbershop And anybody that looked at me, I would have felt like they were staring at my bald spot and everybody knew. And, uh, you know, that would be my 20 year old self. My 39 year old self was like, oh, well, things happen. Um, I just did the comb over like he showed me and I rocked the bald spot till my hair grew back. And I'll tell you that I didn't feel one ounce of anxiety or concern because my mind was different than it was when I was 20. I I walked around with that ball spot and work. I went to meetings. I met people. Not one person recognized that I had a ball spot, not even my own family. It wasn't until the hair started growing back and I told them the story that they actually realized that there was a ball spot there. So sometimes what you may believe are glaring flaws uh, to the world is really just a manifestation of your own mind. It's because you're insecure and you feel that everybody can see your flaws. So when we talk about being impeccable with your words, that's also the words that originate from inside your mind. That's where self-doubt also comes from because those conversations that you have with yourself um, that are not good usually are the the root of creating uh, or reinforcing uh, that self-image. So if you um, were to tell yourself that you were capable mentally, if you were to believe it, if you were to believe that every individual will find value in you based off of what you can contribute to their lives as far as social relationships or maybe your abilities at work. If you believe that in your mind that you add value because you do, then you will start to see a shift in how you perceive uh, yourself and the reality around you. The second uh, piece of that is don't take anything personally. All right. So I'm going to unpack the the three points in here because I think that they're important. The first one is nothing others do is because of you. If somebody comes 
to me in the morning uh, and they're yelling and screaming uh, and or they're very negative towards me, whether it's an interaction at a store or a supervisor that's unhappy. Um, they were upset and dissatisfied with their life before they encountered you. Um, when people are negative towards you, it's, it's a sign of something that's gone wrong in their life, something they believe about themselves that they're imparting on you. Most broken people tend to try to break people. And that could be your parents, that can be uh, folks around you. They say misery likes company. We've all heard that before. So the things that uh, you experience when you interact with others is not a, a response to you. It's not a, it's, you are not the systemic problem while they're responding that way. So don't take it personal, you know, whatever that might be. Uh, I remember one time I went to a, uh, to a power zone. It's an electronic store that we have inside of our, uh, our on post post exchange where we shop at. And there was this lady and, um, I was asking her for some help and she gave me the worst attitude. And initially I started to take it personally. And I was like, man, why is she giving me such a hard time? I mean, like, is it because she doesn't want to serve me specifically, or maybe she's just jealous of me? I don't, I didn't know what, what to make of it. But then I, I, I observed her um, in a way as if I were looking at a painting. I didn't, I didn't apply any particular um, thought process, you know, to, to my observation. I just, I just observed her and I said, you know what? She's an older lady. She looked like she was maybe in her 60s. Um, she seemed pretty frail. Uh, she seemed generally unhappy. And... I just started to imagine what was going on behind the scenes in her life. I was wondering if maybe she was sick and she had an illness that no one else knew about, or maybe she had a, a, a very stressful relationship or a strained relationship with her children. I was wondering if she was alone, maybe her husband passed away and you never quite know what people are going through, but sometimes we attribute the way people respond to us as being a consequence of us. And that's the idea that you shouldn't take things personally. All right. What others say or do is a projection of their own reality, their own dreams. That's the, that's the next point. So it doesn't matter, um, you know, when you say that there are situations that might make you uncomfortable. The question is, why does it make you uncomfortable? Most of the time, people are afraid to be seen. You know, we're afraid that if we're put into a situation that people will observe us and measure us against an invisible standard. All right. And that standard, most of us feel like we're not ready to meet. And that if, if we go try to do something new, people will say, now nah, you didn't cut the mustard. Now I can see that you're not the expert. Now I can see that you're not good enough. You know, um, anybody who tells you that you can't achieve or you would fail on an endeavor to do something new is a projection of their own insecurity. Uh, most people try to project their own reality on you. And as parents, um, that happens quite a lot. You know, for the parents out there that have had a hard time achieving in their own life, they may tell their kids how difficult the world is and why it's likely they will never, you know, that the kids will never make anything of themselves because the parents couldn't find a way to do it. So don't take things personally because, again, in that instance, um, people tend to project their own reality on you, whether it's their perception of who you are, 
um, because people see just one aspect of, of uh, folks most of the time. You might see the work side of people or the, the teacher side of people, but you never see the full circle. So don't take it personal if someone uh, has a projection of who they think you are. The third point here is when you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. You got to let things just roll off your shoulder. Um, as I get older, and I think everybody hits an age where you just don't care anymore. You just don't care what people think. You know, uh, We find value in knowing that other people find value in us. And that's true um, all the way to you get to a certain point in life. And then you go from searching for acceptance and validation to being the person who gives acceptance and validation and just know that you are on that journey and you are on that path that one day someone will look to you for that validation and for that acceptance. But the thing to do for yourself and for others is to to understand that you don't need external validation. If you are good enough for you, you are good enough. You know, we set the bars and the limits for ourselves. And, you know, I don't take anybody's opinion um, seriously because most folks that have an opinion um, are flawed themselves. Most people are deeply flawed. You know, Um, just a a quick example of that is I I once worked with a guy and and he was um, from the outside looking in the standard uh, of what it meant to be an outstanding non-commissioned officer in the United States Army. This guy um, was Sar- Sergeant Audie Murphy, uh, which is a, a board process that soldiers can go through um, that filters out who meets the, you know, the high threshold of knowledge and skills to be considered uh, part of this club. And you have to demonstrate all kinds of proficiencies uh, to achieve uh, membership in this club. So once you do this, you can walk around and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm aware of all the rules and regulations. I can pass a PT test better than anybody else. I'm good at my weapons qualifications, et cetera. All these gauntlet of tasks, I can achieve them. And therefore, I am the standard of the epitome of the best NCO. So he was that. This guy worked in the White House at one point in time. So he had the highest, uh, one of the highest security clearances that he can hold. He had a master's degree in psychology. And every day he came to work, his uniform looked on point and he was generally serious and it seemed like he always had the plan. So everybody measured themselves against his standard. Until one day, uh, we're on a mission and and uh, he gets called back home and he's met at the airport by military police and German police to be arrested for child pornography. And this was one of the largest child pornography cases from the military uh, in probably German German history. And this is a perfect example of how when we measure ourselves against other people uh, a lot of times we get it wrong and we end up looking for validation from people who are deeply flawed but just do a better job of hiding it than we do so what other people think about you doesn't matter you're probably better in a lot of other ways um, than that individual and they just they're just doing a good job 
of uh, presenting their public selves. Uh, but most people have problems. Just realize that. Um, the next piece, and they mark this as one of the more important ones. They say with this one particular agreement that you can transform your life and it's don't make assumptions. Uh, one of the points on here is find the courage to ask questions and express what you really want. Don't make assumptions means that, you know, we tend to disqualify ourselves um, from things because we think that we may not be good enough and we may not have the qualifications um, to, to meet uh, that particular objective but if we assume we we will never actually know and a lot of times the the bar that we uh that we need to get over is much lower than we think and and i personally experienced this uh during my military trans transition when i'm going from being the jack of all trades master of none and competing in a job market where i i expected that you know the inch deep experience I have in in multiple different areas, you know, wouldn't be good enough to get a job in one particular area where they expect your experience to be a mile deep. And what I found was, is that there was a lot of other things that I brought to the fight um, that added value. And that value was to an extent where I was, you know, getting promotions and recognitions and being able to contribute significantly to the mission. to a mission that I didn't even initially think I would I would be able to add value to, at least not for a long time, until I was able to deepen my knowledge and skills uh, in the areas where I was expected to perform. But if I had made the assumption on it and I disqualified myself, I would have never discovered that I had the tools to bring a unique value to the environment. So even if you feel unqualified for the endeavors that you go to pursue, do it anyways because that is the opportunity for you to grow and if you if you if you've ever looked up the the science behind a shark right if you put a shark inside of a container that's eight inches the shark will only grow eight inches if you take a shark and you stick it in the ocean that same shark will grow eight feet a shark will never outgrow the environment and and then the same is true about you you know our growth and our progress in life depends on our environment and surroundings so if we limit ourselves then we will only grow as much as the challenges we expose ourselves to so if you jump into those uncomfortable situations and you do it to a point where you've conquered one and you conquered two and you've conquered three of those situations eventually you will understand that you have the potential to exceed at anything, even if it seems unobtainable when you first think about it. But that goes back to being impeccable with your words. You know, don't think that something is unobtainable. Believe that you have the capacity to conquer anything because everything has been conquered at some point in time or will be conquered at some point in time. And those individuals who have achieved that are no more qualified as human beings than you. We all have stories, all right? And you can also excel in those areas. And the last one is always do your best. So your best is gonna change from moment to moment. It'll be different uh, when you're healthy as opposed to sick, 
But at the end of the day, when you get to the end of a situation, if you can look back and say, I put forward the best that I had, and that's that's what you can go to sleep with at night. Always, always do your best. So those four agreements, you know, are kind of a framework. And I challenge you to go and, you know, look up the book and read it. It's a very short book, but it's a very impactful book. Uh, I think it's probably less than 100 pages. You probably can read it. Uh, if you if you if you ever go to Buffalo Wild Wings and you have a little indigestion and you got to be on the on the toilet for a while, I'm sure you can get through uh, this book in that time. So uh, go take a look at that book and it it forms uh, a great thought process uh, because it's true we we do uh, we are born into a world that you know your parents are responsible for um, training you in they they tell you. Uh, what's too fat and what's too skinny and what's smart and what's not smart and what's successful and what's not successful. All right. And, and a lot of that is, you know, a result of their programming. All right. So let's go on to the next point here. So you, you talked about your childhood traumas uh, that affect your self-esteem. And I just want to point out that the past and the future are illusions. They just live in our minds. You know, those are things that happened in the past. The future is something that could potentially happen or not. Uh, but we tend to live in one of those two states. And we define ourselves uh, by those states. But the truth is, is that life happens second by second. I didn't say minute by minute. It happens second by second, even probably smaller than that. Every time you have a thought, life happens. Creation happens. Every time you make a decision to go left or go right. We make so many decisions and calculations and thoughts, you know, quickly in our lives. And that's how life actually happens. So if we divorce ourselves from our pasts and we divorce ourselves from the future and we live in the moment, then that's where the things that matter happen. Because whether you intentionally think about the future or not, if you're always doing your best, and you're impeccable with your words and you're thinking about the right things and you're taking every single social interaction in a way where you're not taking it personally, you're creating the roadmap for a future that will pan out and be positive for you anyways. If you're spending those five minutes or, you know, um, or not five minutes, you're spending an hour studying, you know, focusing on um, learning something new, not necessarily for the future state because uh, you're doing it because it's it's something you're interested in. Then you're preparing yourself for the future, but you're not necessarily thinking about the future. You know, if you spend a you know a few minutes meditating and bringing yourself to mindfulness and uh, and being aware of what you're thinking, how you're thinking, those negative thoughts when you hear them in your head, you actively stop and say, you know, no, that's not true. Um, you know, this this thought that comes in my head, I need to push it out. And and I've been there. I've been in those positions where I've had um, negative thoughts that creep into your mind. And I'll tell you, the loudest voice is in your head. But what I do, and it's very difficult if you just play the game in your mind, what I do when those negative thoughts come in, whatever they might be, is I verbalize the positive message that I want to override that negative thought. So if there's something coming up and I have doubts, you know, whatever it might be, I don't know if I'll be ready for this presentation. I don't know if I'm good enough. People would probably think that, you know, I'm not the most qualified person to have this conversation. I'll say out loud, I would like, you're ready. 
the information you have is is great. People are gonna find value in it, and I'll say it out loud, so that way I override that internal voice, and then I do that until my outside voice becomes my inside voice. And sometimes we have to do that to kind of conquer those uh, those thoughts. You are powerful just by merely existing. I mean, if you think about it, the fact that you were born into the world, the, you know, kind of getting a little scientific. In, in quantum physics, they say that the act, of, the act of observation is what creates reality. So you are an active observer, an active creator, an active contributor to the state of reality. And people are, are endowed with a certain ability to create that many don't realize ever or if so, late in life. And I believe that we were all placed here with a purpose and that we all contribute in our ways um, to this, this larger narrative. And we may not necessarily know how our interactions and our contributions impact others or impact the narrative, but it's almost like the butterfly effect. You know, if you've ever heard of that, where they say, you know, a butterfly flapping its wings on one side of the earth can cause like tsunamis and storms on the other side of earth. I mean, just the small, you know, contributions that we each uh, put out each day has a resonating impact. So recognizing that the ability for us to impact other people and to, to, to do something, um, you know, great is sometimes underappreciated and we feel like our power is, um, is, is limited that we have to be a president in the United States, but, but really the, the power that each person has is in their unique story. So those childhood traumas, those feelings of insecurity that you said you've conquered time and time again, but continue to plague you are all great lessons. They're, they're tools that you are being equipped with to help other people. So you have to be empowered by your story empowered by the things you've experienced and overcome and seek ways to leverage that as a tool to help other people because there's certain things in life that can't be taught they only have to be experienced and you have experienced some things that has equipped you in a way that's unique because now no two people will experience the same the same lessons Uh, society tends to shape um, all the beliefs that we have, the things that you feel like you can't achieve. I feel like the reason is because of the construct of, you know, men versus women. You know, women can't achieve what men can achieve. It's a man's world. Or white versus black. I can't climb to certain levels because of the color of my skin. Or because I was born in the ghetto versus the suburbs. Or I went to, you know, high school versus grad school. You know, I believe that self-awareness is really what breaks the mold. And those people who realize that your capability and potential is not in, not, you know, is not held in an external factor. It's held in your personal drive and your personal belief that you can achieve. Um, once you have that level of self-awareness and you break the mold, kind of like the four, four agreements discuss, then you truly unlock that superpower where you can say, you know what? there is no limitation to my potential. 
it's only my mind that holds me back. You know, those experiences that you've had, those emotions that you that you feel, you know, are, you know, I would say put them in a place where you can observe them, write it down and take a look at how they affect you and come to a conscious decision to to move past it, to take that piece of paper and crumble it up and say, this is my past, but it's not going to define my future. Uh, people admire the things that you do, even though you're afraid to do. When you stand up and you present yourself in front of an audience of people to give a speech, and even though some may say, you know, she stumbled a little bit, there's going to be a lot of people that say, I, w- I could never do that, you know, and, and that's where it starts. And there's a lot of things that that I personally challenge myself with uh, where I don't ha- I don't have 100 uh, percent confidence that I'll be the best at it. But I know that if I keep throwing myself into uncomfortable situations, I'll grow and I'm developing a story about that growth. And that's what's more important to me is the story and it's also the example that I can set by doing something uncomfortable and I can later tell somebody else, you know, hey, if I could do it, you can do it because I have the same fears, the same concerns. I, I give speeches sometimes or presentations and, you know, the whole time, you know, on the inside, I'm, I'm a little bit rattled, I'm a little bit shaken, my words come out fast and yet I'll prepare myself for the next opportunity to speak again. And over time, it just becomes you. So I would say that the things that you are concerned about, about the things that you tell yourself and the the limitations that you feel, they're mostly a product of society and a product of that inside voice. And I am 100% confident that you have the ability to rise above those internal shackles and achieve great things. So tell your story, uh, use it as a tool of inspiration and, you know, consider uh, the the points of this discussion. And uh, I hope that uh, you find resolution uh, to your, you know, to to this, this mindset. So that's all for this episode. I appreciate uh, you guys listening and I'm welcoming other challenges and scenarios that I could talk to. Uh, that's what this is all about. Uh, this podcast is it's a self-help environment to equip you with mindsets and ideas that hopefully impact your lives and others. So I'll see you guys next week. And I'm looking forward to having some uh, more interesting conversations. Thank you.